Greetings, glorious humans, gentle ladies, lad men, ladies and gentlemen, dreams and dreamers alike, and welcome to the Devolver Forecast, Devolver Digital Forecast, here on wherever you're listening to it. Hi, I'm JM, and this is Robbie. Thanks for listening. Bye. He's gone. It's just me this week, and we're going to have a good time. Only oh, joking. Yeah. Oh, no. Ah, talked over it. Anyway, I can edit my, my bit out. <laughs> <laughs> edit your bit out, Robbie. Edit myself out. JM is here, after all. And we've got something pretty fun cooked up today. I enjoyed last Ooh, week's yeah. show. Did you enjoy last week's show, JM? I did enjoy last week's show. I was sad when we were talking afterwards and you said that you'd gotten all your marketing out of your system because I had questions about marketing. You had questions. Well, yeah. what we could do. Moral questions. What we could do. Moral questions. That hardly seems fair. (laughs) I know I'm hardly qualified to answer moral questions. (laughs) I don't know the first thing about morals. That's how I got my job. (laughs) Um, But we could maybe... Look into a little bit of marketing and PR next week. How about that? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Straight, that sounds great, straight Robbie. Straight up front, just giving people an excuse to come back and listen to our wittering next week. Clearly. Wittering and withering. That's what we do best. If they had a witter or wither. Yeah, exactly. See, you've got it. Mm. Yeah, you, understand yeah, our, you understand our sensibility. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I watched Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, or with Zombies, oh. uh, a, f- a little while ago. How and, is that? Uh, so, it's trash. Is it? It's absolute trash. But is it yeah. good trash it's, or bad trash? It's pretty tedious trash. Oh. It was, I mean, it's funny It's funny if you're there with someone to laugh at, I guess, mm. laugh at it with you. Yeah. But it was very, it was just... Is anyone, it was just, is anyone famous in that? Thankfully, no. Oh. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Charles Dance is in it, and... Uh, Lena Headley is in it. Wow. Uh, both of them grotesquely underused. It's nice to see Charles Dance not playing, like, a bad guy, mm. uh, even though he is so excellent at it. Mm. Um, shout out to the golden child, Brother Numsi. Oh, shit, um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Is Charles Lena Dance in Last Action Hero as well? Yeah. Oh. He's so good in Last yes. Action Hero. Last Action That's why I fell in is, love with him. Last Action Hero is fucking underrated it's such a good movie Mate, it's so good it's, it's so good oh it's so very good I was i'm one, glad we can agree on i this. was once in a band that had a set a song named after a scene in last action hero <laughs> what was the name of that song the, the name of the song was was it it's a rooftop was it about the fire it's a yes it's a rooftop funeral it. in the father's a bomb yeah that's what it was called <laughs> i was like it's gonna be leo the fart <laughs> funeral yeah fucking great movie oh it's so good and it doesn't like it it even like like it's it's written around the idea of like kind of pointing out these tropes of 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 action films and filmmaking and all this stuff and it even manages it in the ending to kind of violate those tropes like it uh like yeah the main character is okay at the end but like there's no happy ending for the kid like he has this journey but it's not like suddenly he's got a dad and shit like that like his whole life is wrapped up in a fucking bow like it oh man sorry i got oh man it's so good it is good i don't understand why people don't like it i think because it came out at the same time as jurassic park and people shit their pants over the special effects in jurassic park and i guess people Uh, were still at that point where they weren't quite quite ready to accept Arnold Schwarzenegger as anything other than an 
than a action yeah. star, which you know was the genius of his casting in that movie. In my humble oh, opinion, he's great. He's great. Everybody's great in that movie. Yeah. The kid's good. Um, <clears throat> who was that kid? He just disappeared, didn't he? He died. Are you serious? Yeah, though he died in the tar pit scene. He drowned in the tar pit scene. <laughs> Fuck. That was you. the last scene that they shot. <laughs> anyway, marketing. We can talk about that next week. All right. That's an exciting. What thing are to we going to talk about this week? Well, this week we are going to have a little bit more of a light-hearted affair. You want to hear about it? I do. Well, Jam. This week we're going to talk all about the video game franchises that grew up with us. Ooh. Mm. So, rather than just talk about the video games, you know, that we played and enjoyed over the years, let's talk about the franchises, because we love Ooh. a franchise. We love franchise. a franchise. Let's talk about the franchises that we may have picked up when we were younger, when we were children, mm-hmm. or young men, mm-hmm. or teenagers. And mm-hmm. over the years, and over the various platforms, they've grown and evolved and shown us uh, a whole new world of a whole new world, a whole new world of video game experiences. So, with that in mind, we're going to kick things off. Would you like to go first? Uh, sure. Um, you know, it's just a pretty straightforward video game series that we've all played. We've all played every pretty much every game in the series. Uh, We all grew up with it, and it's grown up with us, and it's changed and developed over the years. Obviously, I'm talking about Leisure Suit Larry. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) No. uh, Final Fantasy series is my first one. I kind of wish I was... I wish wish LucasArts point-and-clicks counted, but they don't even exist anymore, so... Um, wow! Final Fan- I'm, I'm playing the Final Fantasy VII remake. That's what had me thinking about this sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, so you mentioned that briefly on our last episode. Yeah. So have yeah. you have you finished that yet? Almost. I I, I would have finished it this weekend, but some other stuff came up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, it's it's grown on me. It's very. It is at times tedious, but it is a Final Fantasy game. Of course. Because um, if you go back and try to play the old ones, they're incredibly tedious i recently played final fantasy 9 for the first time on switch yeah and you are correct (laughs) (laughs) i enjoyed it a lot though yeah yeah they're uh they're cool they're uh they're it's a series that's grown up and it's changed and it's really surprising so the final fantasy 2 the american final fantasy 2 or final fantasy 4 in japan uh i wish they had a shorthand for that um, Final Fantasy 2-4 uh, My dad played On the Super Nintendo And my brother and I sat around and watched Oh I love uh, that I love that Yeah I, it was really really cool Really some of my favourite games have just been While well, sat watching other when, other people play them Now? Yeah especially story driven games Because it's mm, like mm-hmm. it's just like watching a movie right? You can just sit there and enjoy it And your friends interacting with it So you can like talk to each other yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. It's a great way to experience games. So why was why was it Final Fantasy 2 in America but Final Fantasy 4 in Japan? I don't really know the history. Oh, they uh they didn't release I mean it was I mean I 
don't know all the ins and outs of it, mm. but basically in those early years of the the games, like just there's there were a lot of games that got made in Japan that didn't make it over to the US. Yeah. Um so like the first Final Fantasy made it on NES, but then like as Final Fantasies two and three didn't. But I mean like there was a Super Mario Brothers two. But Yes. Right, yeah. Like the real Super Mario Brothers two didn't come out in the US. Like we didn't get it until Super Mario All Stars yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And it had like the poison mushrooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not really sure, you know, what the the history is behind it. And I guess I could have done some research. Nah. Nah. Okay. This isn't a podcast uh, based on research, Jim. Okay. I, 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 I was worried about that. I didn't want it to be. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about our memories, right? We're talking about our relationship yeah. with these franchises. So fuck the rules, man. Talk fuck from the talk from the heart. Uh, Final Fantasy three in the United States or six in Japan. Uh, and then after that, they line up seven, eight, nine, whatever. Mm-hmm. After after Final Fantasy six in Japan, they all came out over here. Yep. Um, God, wow, what a huge shift from Final Fantasy three to Final Fantasy seven or Final whatever, Final Fantasy three six to Final Fantasy seven. Uh, but I think three six was really really good it's it's i need to go back and play it i need to get like a version that has like they have versions now that have like triple speed and you can turn off encounters and stuff like that right. so that you can yeah that's you don't have to fight random shit constantly yeah when i played um <clears throat> the final fantasy 9 on switch i didn't actually realize um that it had all of these new options which are effectively cheats um yeah until i was around about halfway through the game i think um mm. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm definitely turning off random encounters because that was, that's, that's really just, you know, I, I enjoy the kind of the, the rhythm of the battling and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I like leveling up my characters and, you know, getting new items and stuff. So that's fun. But the random encounters, like I get it in the sense that it's, it's all about, um, the progression is, you know, you, you fight more battles, you uh, level up your characters, you get, um, sometimes get cool items or um, yeah. or gear um, from certain random encounters. But I mean, oh, there's just too much of it. It's a slog. Yeah. It is. Um, I mean, and, and that was also, like, the games you played as a kid, you were a kid, you didn't have shit else to do. Mm-hmm. And... And you didn't You're really play this. You didn't really know any better, as well. You know, it was yeah. kind of like, well, this is just the game, so yeah, I'll just play it. <clears throat> there weren't other options. Yeah, I mean, that was the way it was. Yeah. So, was what was the first one that you played? Was that three? Uh, first one I played through was was three. Yeah. Uh, and it's beautiful, and it's still. I mean, it's still the the sprites and the the isometric um, kind of maps. I don't know if that's if. I think it's isometric. Okay. Um, but yeah, like you've got sprites and you're walking around in these maps. And they did some kind of cool things with the graphics on that one. But yeah, and then Final Fantasy VII came out. And that's why we got a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So we could play Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. And it was so... Suddenly it's all 3D. Yeah. And it was so cool. And it had the cinematics. And man, I played through that. So I played through that with my friend Colin. And I did all the voices. Oh, uh, really? Through. <laughs> yeah. That's some very silly voices. Yeah, I mean, I, so... Final Fantasy VII was my first contact with the series. I because mm. in um, I mean it's it's a funny one because in Europe or at least in in the UK, uh, I don't feel like Nintendo was 
quite as big in the UK as it was elsewhere. Um, huh. Sega was bigger. So I, I had a Mega Drive. A lot of my friends had Mega Drives or Master Systems. I had friends who had uh, NES and SNES, um, or NES and Super Nintendo, whatever you want to call them. Um, mm-hmm. So I played a lot of the Nintendo games, but I never owned one. I only ever had Sega. So I didn't um, I didn't even know about Final Fantasy until Final Fantasy VII. And I didn't even really know why it was called Final Fantasy VII at the time. I was just like, what is this? But all I remember was seeing the adverts on TV and just... And kind of... It, it was my first experience, I think, in video games of, like, the excitement of other people... You know, if I read magazines or watched uh, gaming shows on TV, which when they still used to exist, you know, it was like, oh, okay, this is like a big deal. I didn't know anything about this series, but it, it's obviously a big deal that it's, you know, coming out on PlayStation and it's 3D and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So then I kind of got excited about it. And and yeah, when I played it, I, I just, I've never played anything like it. So I think it kind of blew my mind in more ways than one really but it uh, to this day is still one of my favorite games of all time nice lovely it's yeah it's great i'm really excited that they did the remake yeah uh i uh, i didn't realize it's episodic mm-hmm. until i bought it uh so like this first final fantasy 7 remake is only like the first 15 percent of the original game <laughs> yeah or something like that <laughs> So that's, I'm like, ooh, how many of these are we getting? This, so that's where it makes me nervous about the whole, like, life is strange thing. I'm, I'm hoping, so this one is pretty on rails. Yeah. Uh, which, at this part of the story, it was pretty on rails. You do get a little bit of free time at the end uh, to kind of wander around and, and do stuff. But um, but I, I am looking forward to it being more open world mm. and getting into like where I can run around and I can get on my airship and fly around the map. I mean, I would, I would just do that yeah. for great lengths of time in all the games. All it, As soon as I got an airship, I'd just fly around the map as much as I could just because it was neat. But first thing I did <laughs> I first thing I did in Final Fantasy IX, um, as soon as I got the, the... You get two different airships in that game, I think. Ooh. As soon as I got the first one... I was like, right, I need to fly around the entire map and see if I can find any secrets, like, straight away. And, you know, these are old games, so you can only ever really go to the places where it intends for you to go at that stage of the game, but still didn't stop me. Like, you know, however many, you know, 30 years I've been playing video games and I'm still like, oh, this old Final Fantasy game, I must explore. Yeah. Yeah. That's so neat. So did you carry on playing the series throughout i played eight and i got i really liked eight but then mm-hmm. at some point i got to a certain point and i don't remember why but i didn't finish the game i got like maybe halfway two-thirds of the way through the game yeah there's like a carnival and you're on a ferris wheel and that's the last part i remember i like a giant ferris yeah wheel. i i was the same with eight i got to a certain yeah. point and i and i just didn't finish it but I, again i really liked it i i finished it later on but yeah, the yeah. first time I played it, I just couldn't couldn't seem to finish it for some reason. I never played nine. I had a roommate who had ten, and I really, really liked like the three D football game that they had in ten. Yeah, what was that called? Was it called had... uh, Blitz Swimball? Blitzball? Blitzball? Burns Ball. Blurns Ballhard. Mr. Mr. Burns' ball ball hard. <laughs> uh 
And then I haven't touched a Final Fantasy since. I did buy, like, Nintendo Switch has this, like, little chibi version of Final Fantasy XV, which I was like, oh, this might be nice. But it was actually... Dog they, shit. They cut out all but the most boring parts and, like, just left the most boring parts in the game. And I was like, well, this is awful. That's so crazy. Um, so And fifteen looked like a boring game in the first place. Yeah, so, so you stopped... So you didn't play 9... I didn't play nine, so it's been a while. And you played, so a, bit, I, you I played a bit of ten, and then that was it. Yeah. Wow. So I haven't kept up with them. Yeah. So what brought you back? Um, my girlfriend wanted to uh, wanted us to have something to sit around and play for me to play, and us to just hang out and do. There you go. And I do love. I mean, I love Final Fantasy VII. It, it the. There are moments in the Final Fantasy games that I remember as being very tragic and having a strong emotional impact on oh, it yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. That was uh, that was one of the things I think that when I played Final Fantasy Seven, that like I say, there were just there was so many aspects of that game that I just hadn't experienced in a video game before. It really yeah. it really changed everything for me. But I, I'm the same, you know, I didn't play 9 at the time, uh, I only dipped my toe into 10, and then yeah. I have also not played another Final Fantasy since then. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why <laughs> I was so surprised <laughs> to hear that you hadn't played it, because I fucking didn't play it either. There must have just been something about that time, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, it, to me, it was... I didn't... I don't know, like, looking at it, I was like, why do I, like, maybe I was afraid to get committed to it again. Mm, the time. To put that much time and emotional energy yeah, into it yeah. again. The time commitment is a big, is a big stumbling block for me these days. Yeah. Definitely. Which is why it's great that when they do the remasters, they let you cut out, you know, a bunch of the noise and random yeah encounters that was just so uh, much they're still fucking long games as well man because I, yeah. I played nine and like i say i played about halfway through and then um i realized you could put the uh the assistance on so i like switched a bunch of shit on and i still took me like another like at least another week to finish the game and Oof. i was like fuck me like <laughs> that was a long game and you start to get frustrated. Wow. I start. I start to get frustrated when games are like too long, even if I'm enjoying them, because I'm kind of like, ah, yeah. oh, man, like I just want to feel some sense of achievement. <laughs> like just let yeah. me, just let me beat you. Yeah, there's there's quite a few times where it's like, oh, a new area, so I'm gonna have to meet all the characters. Mm. I'm gonna have to do this. I'm gonna have to like you 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 you've, you've gotten used to the pattern of the game, and you're like, this is gonna be three hours before I even find out what the real fucking quest is, <laughs> isn't it? Have you found that to be true of the Final Fantasy VII remake? There are some pretty lengthy, tedious parts. They're not as bad, I think. Uh, there are no random encounters. Okay. There are, there are like, set areas where some low-level monsters will be, and then, a lot, like I said, a lot of that game is on rails, so there are specific fights you'll go through. Yeah. Um... There, there's one, there's a part where you have to go through like the train graveyard mm -hmm. and I was just like, come the fuck on. <laughs> I don't, I think the frustrating thing is that there are very often these like moments when cloud will like, there's a scene where you're rescuing some kids 
and they're on something floating in the water and they're like he fucking jumps out there puts these two kids under his arms and then jumps 15 feet horizontal 10 feet vertical like makes a massive fucking leap back to the shore and then you know 10 minutes later i can't get over a chain link fence <laughs> i can't like it's like oh these two trains are right next to each other but there's not a border <laughs> crossing, so we can't get across and i'm like fuck you game Man, have you ever tried to jump between two trains when there's no board to cross over it's not as easy yes. as you think jm it's not as easy as you think that's what i'm here to <laughs> say about that <laughs> So is that your big takeaway from over the years, Final Fantasy has grown, it's evolved, you've grown as a man, you've taken a lot of emotional, (laughs) um, you know, kind of experiences from those games, and the one thing that you've learned is that uh, you can't jump over a chain link fence, and that fucking sucks. Look, I can cut through a goddamn giant robot with my fucking sword. I can cut through three-inch plate steel armor, but I gotta walk half a mile around to get through a chain-link fence? Video games. Video games. Yeah. (laughs) Just start again. Oh, it makes me sad that you're going to edit this out. <laughs> no, I won't. Robbie, what's yours? No? Oh, boy. Okay. What's that, JM? Right, Robbie. What's that, JM? <laughs> what? <laughs> Hark. What's that, what, JM? What's that you're, what was that you were saying there, JM? Prithee, Robbie, wouldst thou speak to us of thine first video game series that thou hast with grown up? Oh, yes. I thought you'd never ask. My first pick is Bioshock. So I first um, became aware of Bioshock when I got my Xbox 360, which was must have been around about 2008, I reckon. And to be honest, I think I'd kind of I think I'd kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit with video games for a few years because I didn't really pick anything up after PS2. I had a DS which I loved, but I didn't play a heap of games on that. Um, just kind of bits and pieces. And um, when I got my Xbox 360, there was two games that I knew I really wanted to play, and it was uh, Bioshock and Gears of War. And I remember playing the demo. There used to be a demo of the first Bioshock on the Xbox Live Arcade. And it was... I can't remember how long the first demo was. I think it maybe went up to the first scene that features a Big Daddy or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But, I mean, it was just love at first sight. Everything about that game just, like... You know, it's like I could hear the fucking angels singing. They were, like, showering me with golden uh, joy. <laughs> I do remember the golden showers in that Oh, game. yeah, yeah. Big part of, uh, of, of, of my experience <laughs> with the Bioshock games. But um, it, it was just amazing. Everything, the art, the music, um, the, just the atmosphere... Um, just that even just that demo it was just like i played it again and again and again i just wanted to explore every corner of it 
Um, I, I just found it absolutely fascinating. So eventually I bought the game um, and I remember being like legitimately quite scared the first time I played it because yeah. it was kind of, it was a lot scarier than the majority of video games that I'd really played up to that point. You know, I played things like Resident Evil and Silent Hill and stuff, but this is back in the PS1 and PS2 era. So, you know, they were scary games, but they didn't have that kind of extra layer of, you know, graphical fidelity and just, you know, the 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 huge advances that had been made between PS2 era and then Xbox 360 and PS3. It was just, I'd never played anything like it. Um, and it just fucking blew my mind from start to finish. Obviously, the story was unbelievable. Um, oh, I remember there was this bit in the medical pavilion where the um, you're in the bathroom and it fills up with steam. And then, uh, I can't remember why it fills up with steam or what you're doing in there. But anyway, it fills up with steam and then all the steam dissipates. And I remember you like stood uh, in this one area. You might even be looking at a mirror, I can't remember. Um, but you turn around and then there's just this fucking splicer like just stood like stoically just silent behind you Mm. you just turn around it's like oh fuck it's like oh my (laughs) god it was so good but it was just amazing i really took my time i mean it's quite funny we were just talking about how long you know some of these games were um you know the final fantasy games being you know so long and um you know kind of you want to speed towards the end but with bioshock i had like almost the exact opposite experience you know I didn't want it to end. I just wanted to keep exploring. And uh, it just felt a little bit like you could get lost in it, you know? Like, I'd never really had that sensation in a video game before. And just the characters that were in it, Sander Cohen, the artist, and um, obviously Andrew Ryan, um, Atlas, and all that kind of stuff. Like, the plot twist, spoilers, if you haven't played um, the original Bioshock. Don't but, you know, there's an amazing twist in the middle of that game that just... What a twist. The first time you play it, it you're just really not expecting it. At least I wasn't. Um, yeah. You know, I was lo- you know one of the people lucky enough back then to, to be able to play it before anyone spoiled the twist for me. So it just fucking blew my mind. And, you know, that in turn kind of led to a long-standing love affair with the series. So I remember being uh, excited enough about... Bioshock 2 to pre-order it I wanted to get the collector's edition that came with the vinyl record which I've still got Mm -hmm. today Um, and I did actually look this up because I was like oh man I remember being so so excited about Bioshock 2 coming out but I remember it was kind of like it almost felt like it it became a little bit overlooked um, in the end and it's because it came out so it came out at the beginning of 2010 and then in that year, there was Mass Effect 2, Red Dead Redemption, Fallout New Vegas, Limbo, StarCraft 2, Halo Reach, Super Mario Galaxy Holy 2, shit. Heavy Rain, Alan Wake, God of War 2, Super Meat Boy, Fable 3. Like, that's a lot of games. That's a lot of big <laughs> games, right? A lot of memorable that's games a lot of big as well. Games. So, like, Bioshock 2... Yeah. A lot of them were good. Yeah. But um, I felt like Bioshock 2 kind of got lost in the shuffle a bit. And I, I, I've always felt like that's a bit of a shame because, like... In my opinion, I feel like Bioshock 2 is secretly the best one. How many Bioshocks are there? So there's three. So I'll come on to talk okay. to um, 
uh, talk about Bioshock Infinite as well. So, have you have you played any of the Bioshock games? Uh, I played, I think, about half of the first one. Oh, okay. So, yeah, this is probably like I'm probably not doing a great job of selling it to you <laughs> if you've never played it before, um, or at least if you've never been like fully invested in in the whole series. I mean, I remember the, I remember enjoying it. I remember the gist. I remember the how upsetting it was. Like that that. I really enjoyed like the the, the talk that the uh, is it splicers what the the enemies were yeah. called, but like how they would talk to themselves like they were still at cool parties. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. Everyone was like everyone had gone slightly nuts, and they were kind of like stuck yeah. in this um, yeah kind of like stasis where they all thought that um, yeah they were still yeah, at this like New Year's Eve party. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking crazy. But they kind of turned they turned this whole thing on its head then with um, the third game, Bioshock Infinite, which was. When it was initially, when it initially came out, it, it it wasn't really a sequel, or at least it didn't feel like one because it had completely new characters, a brand new environment to explore. So whereas the, the first two games were both set in the city of Rapture in the 60s, Bioshock Infinite took place on a, uh, on a floating city in the air <laughs> um, called Columbia. And it was also set in a different time period and it kind of explored different politics and things like this. Um, Mm -hmm. But then what was so cool about that game was that um, it it kind of, it shared a lot of, uh, you know, kind of gameplay mechanics were the most obvious things that it shared Um, and things like power-ups and and how you interacted with the world and stuff like that. But... um, you know, other than that, it, it kind of stood alone until, you know, slowly, and again, I don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't played it, but slowly but surely, you know, it starts to kind of weave in various themes and, um, you know, there are kind of things to look out for here and there. And then as you progress through the game, it's like, oh, shit, like, this is Bioshock. Like, this is all, you know, part of the same universe, whether it's tangentially linked or or not. It's like you come to the realization that it's like, oh, that's so cool. It's like, I'm still part of this Bioshock universe, even though this game is completely different. And I, and I think that's why those games have stuck with me for so long, because I'm a big uh, story guy. I like games with really good stories. I, yeah. I, I enjoy arcade games and, um, and uh, you know, interesting kind of gameplay and mechanics and stuff like that um it's but largely i prefer it if it's all in service of the story and me too yeah yeah. and by and large um that's that's what bioshock was i'll be honest like bioshock infinite it 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 sagged a lot in the middle it kind of i feel like the the story kind of ran out of steam in places and um and the 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 combat and traversal in that game is is not great um and it's probably only dated even more now um but i just i think the reason yeah the reason why those games have stuck with me for so long is just like just purely based on the story and the kind of ambition to take you know bold steps with a franchise you know take it out of uh you know with the third game they they completely removed everything that people were familiar 
you know, with yeah. about the series and, and kind of just and decided to do something different. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and, and it came with like cool DLC. All the games came with, well, the second and third game both came with really um, amazing DLC that just kind of um, added more original story elements um, to both games. And even the multiplayer in the second game was amazing um, because it was like, mm. it was actually like contextualized uh with story so even though you were playing like team deathmatch or whatever it was like it actually made sense within the fall of rapture which is really cool um so yeah that's why you know i'm still i still love bioshock i still uh i'm excited for this uh supposed new one that's in production or is happening at some point um whether or not it, it comes to bear i don't know but um I'll, I'll be excited to play it no matter what it is and if it sucks it sucks i'll still still have the original games anyway um but i recommend bioshock 2 for anybody that has either played it and kind of has you know put it to one side because it wasn't developed by like the like the core original team as well that made the oh, original really? game and the third game yeah um so it kind of like gets a little bit overlooked i think but it's definitely worth a revisit in my humble opinion hey jm what you got for me um my second pick man there's so many others that like you mentioned second games made by a different team and you mentioned fallout new vegas and i'm tempted to put like suddenly just shoehorn fallout into my list (laughs) but it'll just end up in me yelling about how much i hate a certain corporation (laughs) so i'm gonna stick with my original plan uh and talk about uh a, a series that i think has also seen dramatic leaps and bounds from its first edition to its current Mm. and future editions uh grand theft auto holy shit the trans the, the the difference between grand theft auto 1 and grand theft auto 5 is mind yeah. did you ever play the original grand theft auto i did i remember uh convincing uh someone to buy it for me <laughs> well i was <laughs> not old enough to buy it um <laughs> <laughs> yes amazing i loved it that was great. It was so much fun. So if anyone doesn't remember, the original Grand Theft Auto and Grand Theft Auto 2, and I think they also did a Grand Theft Auto London they did, or yeah, like that. Um, they're top-down games. So you've got the city map, and you've got your little guy, and you walk around, and you get into cars, and you can drive around this map, and you do kind of the same stuff that you do in the later Grand Theft Autos. Like, all of the, the core mechanics of the games were invented in those games, where you drive through the paint shops to get your car repainted, uh, so that the cops aren't chasing you anymore, um, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, you uh, steal cars and use them to do yeah. crimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the game is fundamentally the same. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't in it? In that regard, uh, and it was yeah, it was weird. So you said you know you had to talk someone into buying it, and and when that came out, it was at least to my recollection, it was kind of alongside like Postal. Not as bad as Postal, but it was like, ooh, this is like a bad game. <laughs> this is like, you're being a bad in this I game. Think, yeah, I think it was the first game I'd ever been exposed to that 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 was along those lines. You know, where it was like, oh, like, 
you're just being naughty. <laughs> like yeah. you're just being naughty yeah. and you can, you know, do crimes and it's fucking cool. Yeah. There was something you could do in Grand Theft Auto 2 that you can't do in the new ones anymore because they just don't have enough memory for it. Really? Uh, you could... Well, so in the original Grand Theft Auto, all the cars are just sprites. They're just top-down sprites. Yeah. It's all 2D. Um, and so... I would I would fill an intersection with cars, <laughs> buses, cars, everything, and I just make a massive pile of cars, and then I'd huck a grenade into it, and I'd just watch the whole fucking thing <laughs> explode. It was a real playground, wasn't it? Like it really, even was. though you look at the newer ones, which I'm sure you're going to get to, but th- those first games just felt like, and you would like because you would unlock uh, different cities. So in, mm-hmm. in, back in those ones, yeah, it was like you played the first part of the city and then the next level was the next part of the city or a different city. And yeah. you worked for like a different crime boss. And oh man, it was so cool. And the music was, was amazing so cool. as well because it still had the, the radio stations. Mm-hmm. On the, uh, oh, the radio stations. Yeah, and, and I remember there was, like, there was like a Grand Theft Auto song, you know, like it was a song really? called Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, in the first one, I, I seem to remember... That. I'm sure, I'm sure I had that. Because I, I used to, when I was a kid, I used to um, set up my cassette recorder and uh, record using the microphone on the cassette recorder would record video game music, oh, yeah. you know, from like the uh, menu screens and stuff so that I could listen to the music <laughs> all the time. I remember listening to the, the music from Cool Spot. <laughs> Oh, Cool Spot is so good. Yeah. If they made a franchise, we'd both be like, well, I'm going to talk about Cool Spot franchise, not you. Well, that's actually my, my next pick. So, um, but <laughs> They only made the one. But, <laughs> but yeah, Grand Theft Auto, yeah, as you were saying, the, the yeah. evolution of that series is fucking wild. Yeah, because then nothing happens with Grand Theft Auto forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know. I, I don't remember Rockstar putting anything out between Grand Theft Auto 2 and Grand Theft Auto 3. I... I like, nothing comes to mind. No. I know that they did a bunch of stuff after Grand Theft Auto 3. They got real experimental with all that. But, yeah, so nothing happens for a long time. And then in 2002? Yeah, it must be somewhere around Grand there. Theft yeah. Auto 3 comes out. And it was so amazing. Yeah. It's like, it's Grand Theft Auto, but it's 3D. And it was so amazing and you could so i couldn't pile up cars but you could still like you could still fuck around in that game and cause a lot of trouble now like in grand theft auto 5 the cops will shoot you dead <laughs> instantly it's weird it is weird they'll fucking murder people to get you. they do not give a fuck it's weird yes i, I uh, remember playing grand theft auto 3 for the first time i think i was at a friend's house and another friend had a ps2 that uh, i don't think the others the rest of us had got ps2s yet and he brought his round, and he had Grand Theft Auto 3. And it was, yeah, it was, I remember us all sitting there together and putting it on and just seeing it for the first time. Yeah. It was just like, holy shit. It was, it was so gorgeous. Oh, man, it was amazing. And it opened with, like, the, don't you, like, bust out of prison at the start or something? You're in a, you're in a prison transport van, and they're busting someone else out. And you get out like as a as a bonus, I think. Like you just happen to be in the van that they were busting right, someone yeah, else out of. It. I think yeah. is the deal. Uh, and then you get in a car and you drive. And I just yeah, I remember that first scene driving off that bridge yeah. uh, into Liberty City, and it's just uh, 
Like, I think it's raining and the roads look slick yeah. and it was gorgeous. Yeah. It's nighttime uh, and all the light, all the city's yeah. all lit up. God, I fucking remember that so vividly. Yeah, it was so good. It was so cool. Unbelievable. And, and there was, your main character didn't talk back then, but they still, excuse me, they still had plenty of like script writing and you see like the beginning of what later becomes Rockstar's incredible narrative design. Um, because by the time you get to, I mean, Grand Theft Auto Five, you've got this story of just Dickensian proportions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's wild, and the amount of different characters that they weave mm-hmm. in. You know, the first time I really, I mean, Vice City is just. I love Vice oh, City. Oh God, I mean, it's just a dream, isn't it? Like, it's, shoot out the tires. Oh, everything about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all of the different characters in that, but what was the guy who owned the nightclub, the British guy? Was he called Paul Kent? Kent Paul? Something like that. I should probably go back and play it again, because I haven't played it since I played it the first time. Like, he was fucking amazing. Uh, Ray Ray Liotta did the voice. Ray Liotta, yeah! (laughs) uh, Is it Tommy Versetti? Is that the main character in? Maybe. I can't remember. I don't remember any of their names. Again, most of that game, I just spent driving around listening to the radio. Ramping off of shit. Yeah. Pat Benatar. Um, Fucking hell, it was so good. The soundtrack on that game. Uh, was so and you could get good. the you could get the little mopeds and like go down the the mm. coastline and stuff. Mm-hmm. Fuck, it was mm-hmm. so good, man. Oh my god. They just kept making them better and better. Yeah. I, I I admit that after Vice City, I didn't play again until five. Okay. I I I didn't play San Andreas and I didn't play. Four. I played San Andreas and it was very good. And I played yeah. four, and four was a funny one because like four is kind of much tonally, it's very different to the rest. Like it still has yeah. it still has a bit of that Grand Theft Auto kind of like cheekiness to it. Um, but it's uh, this is this is an overused word I know, but it, it is more it is gritty. You know, it's like a much grittier yeah. story. Yeah, you play like a. Um, an Eastern European immigrant in the city and it kind of comes with all of that like the weight of all of that you know behind the story and stuff like this um, but I, I really liked it I thought it was cool as fuck but 5 is just another level I don't know how they're going to follow yeah. that yeah no idea and I, I think also we can't really talk about Grand Theft Auto as a franchise without also talking about Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. Did you play Red Dead Revolver? No, I never did. That was the first one, and it's not. It's 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 red. The Red Dead Redemption leaves it so far in the yeah. dust. Is it a different type uh, of game entirely? Uh, it's more linear, yeah. if I recall correctly. I played it once. It's very it's very goofy. It's very silly. It's very spaghetti western. Yeah. Uh, and I actually did look it up last night because I was like just reading about the Grand Theft Autos, and then I was like, oh, what about the Red Dead? Like, does any does, does Red Dead Revolver really exist? <laughs> um, <clears throat> because it's just gone. Because Red Dead Redemption came out and just erased it from the history yeah. books. I didn't love the second um, one though. I I was house sitting for a friend, and I played a lot of it while I was there. Cause I was like, Hey, like they had two dogs. And so I would, and they were far enough away that like when I went to stay, visit their house, I didn't want to just like check on their dogs and leave. Mm. And so, and they, so I would play for about six hours at a time, maybe six or eight hours, depending on how long I stayed. And it was fine. It was a great way to kill six or eight hours while I was watching some dogs, yeah. but it was, it was a bit 
it was dull, wasn't it? It's a little dull, dull. bit tedious. Yeah. Goes back to what we were saying about, you know, kind of the Final Fantasy games. Yeah, a lot of padding and a lot of padding. Yeah, I mean, and and they made such a huge, gorgeous world. It was that you such can a shame. Yeah, it was such a shame. Because I there was a gym quiz. Because hmm? I, I, wa- I wanted to spend time there. You know, like I wanted to spend yeah. time in the world, but everything just felt so. I don't know. I didn't want to have to be this fucking criminal dude in that world. Yeah. I liked being John Marston in the first one because he was kind of a good dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, you could you could play him as a good dude. Yeah. Uh, like, you, the anti-hero, like, you could, you could, I mean, if you wanted to be a bad guy, you could. But with these guys, I don't know, it just felt... And also, there was a, there's a Jimquisition where he's talking about game design and he talks about, he's comparing Red Dead Redemption 2 and The Witcher 3. Where if you're on your horse in Red Dead Redemption 2 and you hit a tree, you fly off your horse and die. Yeah. If you're in The Witcher 3 and you're riding your horse at full gallop and you hit a tree, he just kind of blips around the tree and you keep going. Yeah. And while one is maybe more realistic. <laughs> is it fun? <laughs> is it fun? Is it yeah. fun? Exactly. Yeah, I agree. And Yeah, and a lot of it was just like, ugh. Uh, and you'd have to go so far to do things and i just didn't yeah i don't yeah i might try it again because i want to do the multiplayer yeah i don't play video games to like feel tired (laughs) you know or like (laughs) or like just get exhausted i'm like i'm playing it i'm like oh fuck me like i'm just exhausted playing this game which is one thing you don't give me a quest in that town i think it's one thing that you can never really say about grand theft auto because because grand theft auto knows it's a cartoon right like yeah. Yes, it's you know it has its controversies and it's uh, it's obviously very you know violent. Um, yeah, but I mean it's there's there's a there's a necessary uh, yeah sort of silliness, a bit of tongue in cheek, a bit of a nudge and a wink, you know, to say that yeah. like really at the end of the day this is just a bit of fun. All of these horrible things that you're doing in this game, just a bit of a laugh, isn't it? Yeah, they they explore that with the the characters. I mean, they did they did did some weird weird stuff. What was that? Trevor, Trevor yeah, yeah. Trevor's one of the I think best characters in video games, um, and he's horrible. <laughs> he is just like it's it really is like so. It, it reminds me of of talking to Dennis one of the first times I met Dennis about Hotline Miami two and just being like, how fucking horrible can we make this, and how okay are you going to be with it? Yeah. How like what? What's too fucking much for you? <laughs> um, and it's weird they they wrote him in such a tricky way where he is really likable mm. because he just like you know I I can't remember where they bring it up or where it's brought up. Where it's like because he just speaks his mind or whatever, but he's it's fucking gross. yeah 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 very interesting. So. Amazing to think that things like this can be possible in video games these days. And then it came out of. A top-down, blow-everything-up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. smashy, smashy, do some violence Run game. over a, a procession of uh, Hare Krishnas, and, and here we go, Garanga. Do you remember that? <laughs> Don't remember oh, that. Oh, fuck. Just ex- <laughs> <laughs> it was like a little Easter egg. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Good times. Good times. 
What's your uh, what's your what's your next video game franchise, Robbie? Well, um, my next pick is another long-standing franchise that uh, also kind of um, drifted from uh, one format to another, um, from two D to three D, and back again. Um, and that's Sonic the Hedgehog. Who? Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. Mm. Yeah. That's Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. From the movie. Yes, from the movie. Exactly. So, um, before the movie, he was a video game character. And mm. this kind of ties back into what I was saying before about, um, you know, playing a lot of Sega when I was a kid and Sega being um, kind of the dominant platform in the UK. Yeah. Because uh, Sonic, when, when the, you know, kind of the buzz around the, the first Sonic the Hedgehog game was building, it, it was just unavoidable. Like um, there were adverts on TV all the time and they were like that border between 80s and 90s video game adverts where it was just like you know everything was like oh shit this is fucking awesome um ah! like yeah like fucking like wind machines and lightning bolts and stuff <laughs> like it was fucking cool um yeah it was so so good and um i could not have been more excited about it the first time i saw proper gameplay um was on so there used to be an old um video games tv show in the uk called games master mm-hmm. and it was basically uh it was a tv show format it was sort of like a game show but basically it was like kids would come onto the show and they would do challenges in video games so they would there might be like two kids competing against each other to uh win some prizes and then um kids would uh, also do uh two-player games with um like the expert gamers i guess what you you'd call them pro game if they were to do it today it would be like esports gamers right like a pro gamer uh-huh. and it's like you test your skill against them and there was a guy <laughs> hilariously there was this guy called uh dave the animal perry who was like this <laughs> dude who would wear like a bandana and a leather jacket and he would just like fuck, fuck these kids up on video games <laughs> And uh, there was this legendary one where uh, he he uh, he stormed off. He never worked with the he never worked on the show again because uh, he played. You know, in uh, Mario sixty four, when you do the race down the ice slope with the penguin. Yes. Kind of. There's a I bit where you I have to like race that. down this yeah. thing. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Dave Perry lost to this kid. And uh, he flipped his fucking shit and was basically saying that the whole thing was rigged and, like, he just proper kicked off about it and he kind of um, disgraced himself (laughs) from that day forward. Anyway, (laughs) I've gone completely off track. Much like he did. But I want to know more about this show. Mate, you can go on YouTube, type in, yeah, Dave the Animal. We need to talk about that. Um, But uh, anyway, the first time I saw Sonic the Hedgehog... Uh, someone playing Sonic the Hedgehog was on that on that uh-huh. show, and it was uh, I think it was like a time attack on the Green Hill Zone, mm-hmm. um, the first zone, and straight away it was like I'd never seen anything like it. I was obsessed, um, so much so that um, when I eventually got the game, 
uh, I'd watched so many clips and adverts and stuff on TV that I was convinced that there were things that I'd seen on TV that uh, weren't in the game. They were never in the game. But I was convinced <laughs> uh-huh. that there were like secret areas and like things to discover. And I, I just played that game to fucking death when it came out. Could not get enough of it. I was absolutely obsessed. Um, which means obviously that I was obsessed with the second one as well which was uh, fucking unbelievable. Like, even though when you look back at the two games now, there's not like a huge kind of uh, step up in terms of graphics, really, like to the naked eye. But at the time, it was like night and day. Um, And the second game was just, I mean, it was more of the same, really, but it introduced Tails, obviously, had a two-player mode. Um Oh, it was was so it f- drowning in the first game? Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. The drowning. Oh man, horrible! Every time the underwater levels in the Sonic games to this day fucking haunt me. Like <laughs> so bad, so bad, man. Like I can't play anything. I struggle with any. <laughs> ironically enough, just talking about Bioshock, <laughs> which is literally set underwater. But <laughs> any <laughs> any video game that has like underwater sections or like timed segments, you know, where you have to hold your breath and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Tomb Raider, like anything mm-hmm. like that. Fucking oh, I can't stand it. Me too. So bad. Echo the Dolphin scared the living shit. Oh out my of god, a, kid. a horrifying game. My girlfriend just recently played that. Um, yeah and uh, yeah and she was just like why is it why is it so horrible <laughs> I was like I oh, know video games were fucked up in the 90s what can you say <laughs> yeah but yeah I was a Sonic obsessive um, I I had the Sonic Spinball game which was the pinball version mm, of Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. um, I had Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine which was um, kind like of Dr. Mario ripoff kind of like Dr. Mario yep um, I remember that which was the Mean Bean Machine I fucking loved that um then Sonic 3 came out. Sonic 3 was crazy because, like... Is Sonic... Sorry, go on. No, what were you going to say? I was going to say, is that where Knuckles comes in? Yeah. Yeah, okay. so he, he appears in that one, and it's just so big. Like, it's a huge game. I think the levels in that game are, like, three times bigger than the levels in Sonic 2. Oof. Yeah, which is massive for the time as well. That was, like, 1994 yeah. or whatever, and it was just, like, never played anything like it. Um, and obviously they brought Knuckles in, so I loved Knuckles. Then Sonic and Knuckles came out, which meant that you could play... Sonic and Knuckles had, I think, additional levels. That was so cool. Yeah. Had... Oh, wait. Is that what you... What's that? Additional levels? Yeah. I thought you were talking about the one that opens up at the top and you could plug your old Sonic games into it. So that's correct. And it would let you play with your old ones with exactly. Knuckles, Exactly, right? yeah. But I think, yeah. It, I think it added levels to Sonic 3 as well. So, Ooh. yeah, I think there was like two extra levels... And then it also opened up the ability to play all the different characters on all the different Sonic games, which is just, like, amazing. So fucking cool. So, uh, yeah, all the way through the 90s, I I absolutely loved Sonic. And then I kind of... uh, Actually, I've got to tell this story because I tell everyone this story (laughs) whenever I get an opportunity. But I remember being on holiday in Wales um, when I was a kid uh, with my cousin and uh one day we were out and about and there was this uh double decker bus that used to tour around the UK called the Sega bus uh-huh and it was a, a a double decker bus that was all decorated had a big picture of sonic painted on the side 
um, and it said Sega, and it had been converted eff- effectively into a mobile arcade. So you would yeah. like get on the bus, it would park up, you'd get on the bus, and downstairs they would have all different games that you could play, like Toe Jam & Earl, Pit, Shift, uh, Pit Fighter, a um, bunch of others. And um, me and my cousin went on there with a bunch of other kids, and we were so excited. And then they said, oh, okay, now we're going to do a competition. It's like, fuck. And they took us all onto the top deck of the bus, and the whole top deck had been uh, rearranged so that every seat had um, a Mega Drive on it um, with a TV. And uh, we had... Crazy expensive Oh, back then. dude, it was so good. So stupid. And we had to do um, a, a, a time attack on the first act, first level of Sonic 1. Um, and at the time, I can't remember what year this was, but needless to say i had played that game for like a it's million the moment you'd been training Dude, for all honestly i fucking destroyed everyone on that game i'm not even ashamed <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even ashamed to brag about it like i fucking destroyed everyone it was amazing and i knew it as well like before we even started they were like we're gonna do the first act on sonic one and it's the first it's the person who could play it in the fastest time i was like i fucking got this <laughs> like i just mm. knew straight away uh, and I destroyed everyone, and I won a, a Sega goodie bag. Anyway, so that's excellent. I loved Sonic the Hedgehog, um, but I kind of, but I never. So then, you know, as I grew older and carried on playing video games, more and more Sonic games were released, but they just yeah. fucking sucked. Like they all went three D, and this one where he's got a gun. Yeah, they, they just. What the fuck <laughs> oh, is I think, that? I think that's. I think that's the Shadow the Hedgehog one. Isn't yeah, it? Shadow yeah. the Hedgehog. I mean, that's, still, that's it's another just thing as Sonic, well. but black and with a gun. That's... <laughs> like, what the fuck, Sega? <laughs> there were times when it's like, it felt like Sega were, it felt like they were almost gonna bring it back and I was gonna, and I was gonna love Sonic again. So they tried it with Sonic 4, which was terrible. Like, they made it 2D, and they were like, hey, look, it's the Sonic that you remember. But it wasn't. It was still basically just the new Sonic, but 2D instead of 3D. And it was So wait, what was garbage. what was so offensive about that? So they'd retained all of these kind of, like, uh, special attacks and uh. and moves and stuff. And also, they, like, fucked with the the jump button. Like, the, the you know, the physics were all off. Like, yeah. it just... He felt weird to play and, you know, he had like a weird, like, um, when you would run one way and run the other way, like he had a weird sort of like lumbering kind of weight to him and there Hmm. was like a more weighty jump and it just doesn't work because the whole, the whole point of Sonic is that he's supposed to be fast and it was like, you're not fast. So it was fucking crap. Um, You're not fast, mate. You're not, get out. You're not quick enough, mate. You're not quick enough. Anyway, then they did, um, Sonic... Uh, generations and mm-hmm. and that was kind of like almost there but they still included all the 3D shit so what Sonic Generations was was they were like oh like old school Sonic and new school Sonic are like brought together for the first time thanks to some weird you know um, interdimensional bullshit uh-huh. and, it, and it meant that like uh, you had to play these kind of like slightly remixed versions of classic levels from the 2D games and the 3D games and then uh-huh. and then you could also play 
2D and 3D versions of those levels as well. So all of the 2D levels from the old Sonic games were also playable as 3D Sonic, yeah, and vice versa. Um, Which was kind of, like, uh, interesting, but Uh not great. Not great. Uh, But then they finally kind of got it all back on track with um, Sonic Mania, which was... uh, just a full, pure, old-school, 16-bit style Sonic game. Like, yeah. it was just Sonic, Tails and Knuckles, a shitload of cool levels, and Dr. Robotnik had, like, these henchmen that were these robots called... Uh, what were they called? I think I wrote it down because I really liked it. Oh, the Hard-Boiled Heavies. And they were just, like, nice. these, like, egg robots. And it, and it was just great. And it was so nice... That, like, you know, I first played Sonic 1 in 1991, I guess. You know, when I was, like, yeah. nine years old. And then, you know, the Sonic Mania comes out when I'm in my mid-30s. And it's like, oh, like, he's back. <laughs> he's back. This is it. The blue bullet is back. And I'll share one last <clears throat> funny little story. So, obviously... um, lucky enough these days to work in the video games industry well a few years ago and i ended up working at this thing that was called summer of sonic and uh it was it was a sonic the hedgehog like fan convention the look on my face right now is incredulity (laughs) (laughs) but i ended up yeah so i I have this uh this pervading memory of being stood on the side of the stage watching this guy with um a sonic the hedgehog guitar just like shredding out (laughs) these like riffs to this like uh this like a a chip tune you know backbeat of like uh these sonic the hedgehog songs where like all these all these sonic the hedgehog fans are like screaming (laughs) it's just like wow (laughs) i've arrived And that's uh, and that's my that's my lifelong association with Sonic the Hedgehog in a nutshell. Wow, I don't think I knew I didn't know that you were so entwined with Sonic. I don't really have that much affinity with Sonic anymore, or w- w- ah, the, clearly the, the games that he spun off into. Fuck off! I see. I see. <laughs> you peaked, you, and then you, you never had to come for back. The like, this is the, it. For the purposes of this podcast. I've related a lot of stories, but I don't have Sonic pajamas. If that's I don't what you're care implying. about Sonic anymore, I don't care about him anymore. He abandoned me before I abandoned him. <laughs> what is your <laughs> what is your uh, third pick? Silent Hill. I'm glad you kind of brought this one up because I was tempted, but I I don't think I played enough Silent Hill. I I may not have either. Um, I played the first one when it came out. Yeah. And I remember playing the first scene and my character getting killed in the first scene. Yeah. (laughs) And it's unavoidable. You can't not get killed in the first scene. (laughs) Yeah. And I turned off my PlayStation, turned off my TV, and left the room. <laughs> because I was so freaked out. It was scary, wasn't it? It was so scary. Scary AF. It, oh, my God. 
Oh my god. Yeah. Silent Hill scared the shit out of me. And it's it's weird to say this about Silent Hill. But I was playing Silent Hill and it made me so afraid in such a weird, intangible way that it was if I if I'm recalling correctly, it was the first time in my life where I was playing a video game and I said video games can be art. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I was middle school, high school, whatever, and it was so like all like everything about like if you go back and play the original Silent Hill now, it's ugly as fuck. Yeah. Um but what makes it scary is this sort of this this ambience. Like there's so much intelligence in the way that it's done, like the the radio. Yeah. That the sound like, design this, Yeah, the, no, the sound design. The sound design in the Silent Hill games is just unbelievable. Especially that first uh, one. Yeah. And and it was it was so you know, and I'm sure there are plenty. I mean, there are plenty of other games that I had played by then that would probably now be considered art. But at the time, to me, they were just video games, mm-hmm. um, like Monkey Island or uh, The Dig. Is I don't, I don't, yeah, The Dig is you know gorgeous. Mm. Um, yeah, I like The Dig. But uh, yeah, Silent Hill. Excuse me, I got to clear my throat for a second. Sorry. No worries. Just... <clears throat> Good clearing. Yeah, thanks. <clears throat> I've been trying to do little ones, and it's not working. Okay. Uh, yeah, the first Silent Hill just... It, it was so good and so terrifying. And uh, then the second one came out, mm-hmm. and it was the best. It was so fucking ter- scary. So I don't think i've played the second one all the way through Mm. i think i've only started it and then never went back to it and i don't i can't remember whether or not that's because i was just really scared by it or (laughs) um or for some other reason but you know i I, i'm I'm obviously aware of it and i know that it's kind of it, it has a legacy but yeah it's 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 one that kind of fell by the wayside for me Really? That's, I mean, it's it's probably worth playing if you can find a way to play it now. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, so there's, I'm going to talk about Pyramid Head. Of course. Because, have to. But before that, I want to talk about these bad guys, these, these enemies, quote unquote, in Silent Hill 1. That were, like Pyramid Head, you couldn't hurt them. But unlike Pyramid Head, they couldn't hurt you either. They were these weird little shadow babies. Yeah. Like they were like ghost toddlers. Yes. And they would like, like you're in the school and this little shadow baby would like run up and try to like grab you, yeah. but it would phase through you and fall on the ground. Yeah. And that was so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. fucked me up so much harder than the monsters that I had to fight yeah. and shoot and yeah. shit like that. Because it's just like, what is it? What it's, is I mean, it? it was, Why yeah. is it there? Why is it bothering me? Yeah, it's it was so scary because it looks like it's like a little child looking thing. Like, oh god, I'm what a- the fuck happened <laughs> in this fucking town? Well, yeah, I tell you what, really, honestly, one of the things that really fucked me up in that game was just like you know when it um, when it shifts into the like the the nether world, the nightmare the world, n- yeah. nightmare world, whatever, and Ugh. like shit is just rusted, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, and it's just I'm like, ah, it just makes me feel awful you know i'm mm-hmm. just like i'm like oh why is everything so rusted why are there <laughs> chains why is this like chain link 
fences Nobody would make like, this. Yeah. This is not a real place. Oh, everything's like grills on the floor and yeah. stuff. It's like, oh, God, I hate this so much. Everything feels so insecure. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate and it. air raid sirens yeah. kick on. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate it, it so much. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was absolutely... And, and the plot, like, I, eventually I had to, like, find somewhere where someone explained the plot mm-hmm. which i don't mind like the original silent hill as the main character you have no fucking clue what's going on yeah and there's no real way for you to really grasp that mm-hmm. like it, it takes someone to get all the information from multiple playthroughs to put it together yeah uh which is great uh i mean i'm fine with that like if you're if you're in like a horrifying situation like that the worst thing you can do is like explain it to me <laughs> yeah uh which is where i think they fucked up in the movie, and I think if they changed one thing, the movie would actually be way better than it already is. Yeah. I really like the movie. I was wondering if you were going to bring that up, because I was I was <clears> going to say the same thing. I think the movie is really good. I, mm-hmm. I Ever since I first saw it, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I've not mm-hmm. seen it again for a while. Um, it's still fucked up. <laughs> but Yeah, still fucked up. But I also like that it incorporated a lot of the uh, different things from like two or three of the games and you know didn't try and just uh restrict itself to one of you know the the game narratives it kind of yeah. took bits and pieces and put put it together in a way that ultimately i think at least made sense <laughs> you know which is I thought so. which is like as you were saying uh, more more than can be said for you know just in a, a, an initial playthrough of one of the games yeah, yeah, no, I, I I really loved the movie. I thought it was I thought it was as good as, as good a Silent Hill movie as you could hope to get. Yeah, and it's got Sean Bean uh, in it. It's got Sean Bean in it. Uh, it has. I, I wish I knew the name of. Uh, well, actually, just I really love how strong and female the cast is too. Yeah, like, there's and I I don't know any. There's the one lady who always plays like spooky religious women uh i just saw i just saw some uh she's in she plays the witch in gretel and hansel apparently i just oh, watched I the trailer that. for gretel and hansel i haven't either but i watched the trailer and i was like oh it's that lady that always has to play weird spooky religious people because i guess that's how they typecast her uh um is it alice krieg cry i won't know it I'm, i've know just i've just brought it. up the cast list here oh there you go then maybe yeah uh the woman who plays the the cop who was actually in the first game? Yes, um, she was excellent. Like it's just, it's just a really, this is a really cool movie. And the whole soundtrack was lifted from the games. It's lifted from Silent Hill One and Two. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was great. The yeah. track "I'll Kill You" is the soundtracks on those games were, ugh, so spooky. Yeah, the composer performed in London a few years ago. I think he played like two nights or something. Um, yeah. And it, it may have been uh, like an official kind of Silent Hill anniversary or something, or like mm-hmm. a, a tie-in event um, by Konami. Um, I didn't go because I didn't yeah. realize. Um, uh, but I'm yeah fucking devastated because yeah, mm. for all intents and purposes, like just seeing that it all performed live, which I think he rarely does. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it sounded like it was a hell of an evening. And mm. yeah, I can't even imagine what it would be like to hear those songs, you know, like Ooh. in the flesh. Ooh. I don't know if I'd want to. <laughs> yeah. Have you played any of the, um, um, uh, or any of the other series games or any of the so, recent ones? Yeah. So I played two. Two is excellent. Pyramid Head's excellent. You can't 
kill him, yeah. which is what makes him like I don't know that I'd had a villain in a video game I couldn't kill before. Yeah. So so that was really cool. Um Silent Hill 3 came out and I really loved Silent Hill 3 as well. Uh the main character uh, I don't I don't remember anybody's name. Um but she's great. She's the daughter of the of the main guy from the first game. Right. And she is much more uh personable and like I love Silent Hill too, but and that explores like guilt and shame and and all this stuff. But she's sort of like caught in this whole thing. She didn't drive into it. She didn't do anything to get herself there. Right. Um, and she's she's more charming and relatable. Yeah. She you know like there's a scene where like there's you're in a bathroom stall pretty early in the game and there's like a toilet and it's like reach into the toilet to to get like what's there's something lodged into the toilet reach in to get it which you would do all the time in fucking silent hill games yeah yeah resident evil games it's like oh no you gotta do it and you go to do it and she just she starts to do it and then she pulls her hand back it's like no i'm not gonna fucking do that and she like looks at the camera and she's like who would even think of doing that (laughs) it's just it was funny i like stuff like that Uh, yeah, like you get that uh, in like Metal Gear games and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've not played a, a Metal Gear game. Oh, yeah. I played like a little bit of a demo of the first one, and I never played a Metal Gear game. But you have played Silent Hill games. I have played Silent Hill games. So I didn't play anything after three. I saw. I watched some friends play a bit of the Room, but it didn't feel like a Silent Hill game. It was very different. I, I was always curious about that one because that's the other one yeah. that I've kind of heard of. Um, and and. I, I, yeah, the premise sounded interesting, but I never, I never played it. Yeah, there were a couple spooky moments. There's some cool stuff, but it was very, it was more combat heavy than the others. Mm. Like the the others, you know, the premise was that your character was not a combat person. You're not yeah. a soldier. You're not a warrior. You're a person. Yeah. Uh, so you got to fight these monsters, and it's fucking terrifying when you do it. But you're not good at it. Yeah, that was the difference between Silent Hill and. Resident Evil, wasn't it? Because yeah, in Resident Evil, yeah. you were soldiers and or yeah. cops, and mm-hmm. Silent Hill, yeah, was markedly different when it came out because it was like, yeah, you're just a guy <laughs> with a yeah. pipe. You really don't want to get into the fights. No, <laughs> like no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, and then, so I didn't play a lot after that. Like, I kind of felt like the series was getting weirder. Like, like it was leaving. There were too many. Mm-hmm. There were too many Silent Hills for me to trust that they were keeping with it. And and I went through and I read, I was like, so I did a little research last night. And I was like, how many fucking Silent Hills are there? And there's quite a few. Yeah. Um, there's like Homecoming and Five and Downpour and shit like that. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of them. And it feels like there's kind of too many for them to be very significant. I did play Silent Hill Shattered Memories on the Wii. Yes. Did you play that? Fuck Yeah. That was really cool and interesting and did some innovative things with the game design. Yep. So you couldn't kill any of the monsters in that game. Nope. You could only run. Yes. Which yes. was great. And, yeah, using the Wiimote to, like, shine mm-hmm. your torch and, like, you would get mm-hmm. the static through the controller and stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, that was a fucking great game. Absolutely loved yeah. it. I really, really loved I, that. I I think the one drawback for me was that because the mon- because you couldn't fight the monsters, they only attacked when the world went into the nightmare world, yeah. which in that game was icy. So there would be like these moments where it's trying to scare you in the regular game, yeah. like in the regular world. But eventually, I'm like, well, nothing's ever going to attack me. So you're just you're, you're it's all fake outs. Yeah, yeah. And at yeah. some point, I'm like, all right, 
these are all fake outs. Fuck off. Yeah. Did you know that uh, um, Sam Barlow, who made her story, uh, worked on Shattered Memories? I did not know that. Yeah. There That's you really go. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're making Silent Hill games anymore. Um, no, there's been rumblings, hasn't there? And obviously PT was rumoured to be... Oh, I never played that! Did you not? No, I want to play that so bad. I've s- I forgot about that. Oh man, I've still got it installed on my PS4. That's three people I know that have and it, not and I don't. going anywhere. Man, that was a fucking yeah. trip. It's good? Man, it's so good. I've only heard that it's great. Oh, so good. It is scary as fuck, though. That is probably... <sighs> Actually, no, it is definitely the scariest game I've ever played. I want it so bad. <laughs> Just give me that fucking demo. Oh, man, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kinsey's got it, and she, well, now we're all in quarantine, but she lives fairly close by. You have it, Jared has it, and Kinsey has it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I wish I had it. Yeah, I it's it's one of my prized possessions, <laughs> if that's possible. It also makes your PlayStation really valuable. Does it really? Apparently having a PlayStation with Silent Hill PT uh, makes it... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Because you can't get it anymore, yeah. so it's kind of a collector's item. Yeah. Wow. There's no way to copy it off of there, is there? I have no idea. Uh, nobody wants to risk it, I'm sure. Mm. Robbie, we've gone on rather long today. We have. Hopefully folks are enjoying this fluff. that we're providing them uh talking about video games brobby what's your third franchise that that grew up with you that you'd like to talk about today i'd like to talk about broken sword brobby i don't know what that is broken sword is a point and click adventure series um originally made by revolution software which was uh um, well, the, the the main guy who's responsible for the Broken Sword franchise is a guy called Charles Cecil. Um, he also worked on uh, uh, Beneath a Steel Sky, if you ever played that. Nope. No? Okay, well, he made uh, point-and-click adventure games. And mm. um, in the mid-90s, uh, they released a game called Broken Sword, which is probably my second favorite point and click game ever after Your first being monkey island first being monkey island um but i originally got the uh, strangely for a point and click adventure game i actually played it for the first time on a playstation demo disc so huh. yeah it came oh wow yeah, demo disc. like a cover mount you know like a cover mounted demo disc um there was uh, uh, one that I got that had a demo for Broken Sword on it. I can't remember why I why I played it because I think the other games that were on there, you know, there might have been oh, I can't remember maybe Bloody Raw or something like this. Like a couple of games yeah. that were a bit more like you know kind of showed off the grunt of the PlayStation and were a bit more like um, a bit more fun to play. But for some reason I, I mm. um, was intrigued by Broken Sword and I started playing it. And similarly to Bioshock and Sonic. Um, within seconds, uh, I was like, this is my new favorite game. Um, so it opens with like this beautiful animated cinematic, uh, with a bird flying over Paris 
and it's kind of like cartoony it's got this like amazing music and then um this narration comes in from who turns out to be the main character um and he's sat outside a cafe in paris and he's reading the newspaper and there's some other folks around and then this uh clown comes along with an accordion like a street entertainer Mm -hmm. comes over and he's playing around and stuff and he's kind of like causing a bit of a causing a bit of a ruckus and uh he throws his uh accordion into the cafe and then suddenly there's a huge explosion and then the game starts so like this opening just like grabbed me straight away because it it looked like a don bluth cartoon or something and then suddenly it's like this explosion and you don't know what the fuck's going on but you suddenly you're you're in it and it's like uh and you can start you know interacting with everything around you and then it just takes off and it's just a point and click adventure game but i like that opening was just so i don't know like it just had me like completely encapsulated and i fell in love with the character of george he's kind of like this slightly sardonic american tourist in europe um you know who's kind of like got quite a wry sense of humor um he ends up meeting a parisian girl called nico and she like yeah has no time for his like you know um his (laughs) americanisms um and his like brash personality and um you know, so there's kind of like this nice chalk and cheese element to it. Um, but all it really chalk is... Chalk and cheese? Chalk and cheese, yeah. They rub, what does that They rub mean? each other the wrong way. Ah, I see. But, I see. Um, Naturally. Yeah. But the reason, the main reason why I love these games is because they... Uh, one, they kind of single-handedly got me back into point-and-click adventure games after, you know, kind of... They, they weren't as popular as they used to be. Um, uh, but secondly... Uh, they just, um, they just, they captured my sense of wonder and adventure that I loved um, in movies when I was a kid. Stuff like Indiana Jones is obviously a good example. The Goonies, mm. Explorers, stuff where it was like y- you were. Y- it was an adventure. It was an adventure, you travelled the world and you met interesting characters and you uncovered mysteries and it was just cool. Like, it was just so, so cool and it was very cinematic Um, and I love puzzle games. I love point-and-click adventure games because I like the pacing. You know, it's kind of... It's not really combat-focused. It's more about using your noggin. And Mm -hmm. uh, what I loved about Broken Sword as well was that it it wasn't as um, obscure as like Monkey Island or um, uh, Day of the Tentacle or Maniac Mansion. It was, you know, more traditional, I suppose, in the sense that it's like you're a detective, you're kind of a detective looking for Mm. clues and things are a bit more rational. Mm -hmm. And the first game um, ended up uh, being uh, kind of unraveling into this uh, mystery about the Knights Templar, which is cool. I like that kind of like weird, you know... um, mystical uh historical aspect to it and then uh and then they ended up making five games altogether and they came out over a period of years there was a big break between the fourth game and the fifth game um Mm. but they did a couple of things in the meantime i'll come on to those but um so i i loved the first game i loved the second game and then the third game uh they i actually played that on playstation 2 and it was a 3d game 
So this is... Uh-oh. Well, yeah, see, this is the thing. <laughs> a lot of people... I've heard of Robbie's beloved games going 3D, 3D before. Yeah, and, and this was a big problem <clears throat> with the point-and-click genre is that because people weren't buying them anymore, the only way that they could yeah. continue the franchise was if they made it 3D. So they made a yeah. 3D version, and I honestly enjoyed the third one. Um, I think a lot of people uh, didn't work for them, but um, I think I just love the characters and I love the kind of the storytelling in those games so much that I was willing to just go with it. Um, And as far as 3D, you know, games going from 2D to 3D go, I've I've played worse. You know, (laughs) I've talked about worse, (laughs) literally, on this podcast. (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, uh, and then I didn't play the fourth one, um, but I think that's a good thing because the fourth one is um, shit. And then... um, in kind of like the the mid is they remastered uh, the first and second games uh, for iOS, hmm. similarly hmm. similar to what they did with the Monkey Island games. You know where they kind of like upscaled them a bit, um, added some new animation, um, you know, tweaked gameplay here and there, um, yeah. added a hint system, stuff like that. So I I came back to those games after years and years and years um, playing them on mobile, and I was like so like back into that world again and um i started playing more and more point and click adventures again um using emulators or gog and then in like 2012 or 2013 i want to say um charles cecil uh came back uh and announced that they were gonna do a kickstarter for a new broken sword game which would, which would be the fifth one and it were and it was going to be uh in two parts and uh it was going to be proper old school point and click adventure game and um i i backed it i backed it on kickstarter and then it came out i can't remember when it came out um but i played that and i loved it and to this day I'm I'm still hoping and praying that we'll get another Broken Sword game at some point because I love it so much. I forgot we had uh, we actually got a tweet, Robbie. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, I know. I forgot to tell you that we got a tweet. Fuck. Uh, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, someone someone hashtagged Forkcast. Holy shit! And I'll pull it up right now and I'll I'll read it to you. Um, it's from Noisy Boy. Hi, Noisy Boy. And Noisy Boy says, can you draw Jacket from Hotline Miami shooting a revolver, but the revolver is a devolver revolver and the bullets are the bullet kin from Enter the Gungeon? Ah, shame we didn't get any tweets this week. It's a shame we didn't get any tweets this week. But if folks would like to tweet us and uh, ask us uh, questions or uh, what we'd like to uh, or what they'd like to hear us ramble about in order to help them pass the day, I assume people. I don't listen to podcasts myself. I assume people put them on while they do the dishes and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's what I do. I listen to podcasts yeah. during the day. Yeah, yeah. So if there's anything you'd like to have us fill your ears with while you're doing whatever you're doing, let us know. Uh, Go on the Twitter and hashtag Forkcast, F-O-R-K-C-A-S-T. You can Uh, also email us at Forkcast 
at devolverdigital.com. We're available on all of the all of the all of the podcast sites now, but if you want to go to our website, it's forkcast.devolverdigital.com. Uh, you can also follow uh, Devolver Digital on Twitter and Instagram at Devolver Digital, and you can catch JM on Twitch dot tv slash devolver digital on tuesdays and thursdays mm-hmm. and anything else i think that's uh i think that's it for the day uh yeah thanks for listening everybody we at devolver digital recognize that the currency of our age is attention and we thank you for yours